Welcome back to another episode of Danger Film. Andre and I had the privilege to attend part of the 25th birthday celebrations of the Indigenous unit at Screen Australia last week. It was busy and exciting, so we apologise for the sound in some parts of an especially echoey carriage works. But the wisdom and the inspiration that poured out of the filmmakers we spoke to was too good for us not to package it up in podcast form. Coming up, you hear short interviews with Warwick Thornton, who's obviously the director of the internationally acclaimed Sweet Country, and Samson and Delilah, which is one of my own personal favourites. His son and filmmaker in his own right, Dylan River, the head of the Indigenous unit at Screen Australia, the very inspiring Penny Smallacombe, the very funny and insanely watchable actress Elaine Crombie from Kiki and Kitty, Top of the Lake and the upcoming Top End Wedding, and the first ever Indigenous Australian superhero, Hunter Page Lockhart. To start off, here is our interview with one of our personal favourite filmmakers, Warwick Thornton. They're the same thing. Hello. Yeah, Recording. Um, so if you have a rant for young filmmakers... Yeah. Oh, okay. Or, what, no, no, what, no, no, what no. were you talking about with your last rant? No, well, you know, it, it, I, just, I just find it, you know, that for the last 25 years I've been supported by the Indigenous unit. They've opened every door. They've, um, they've sort of just empowered me to be, to have a voice and to say what I'm afraid to say and to believe in what I believe. Now, the under, for me, the understanding is for the next 25 years, we have to forget about the success of the past because what, what the way I see it is that there is a new voice and a younger generation of Indigenous people, or just a younger generation of, of, of people, have a different voice. We all come from, the, the, you know, from, from that past and we come from, we've all been part of that colonisation and, you know, and our grandmothers and our grandparents and, the, and the, 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 the travesties and the atrocities that happen. But you've got to remember that the, the most important thing for the Indigenous unit is that it is for another 25 years, so it's for a new voice. My voice, what I wanted to talk about, is not necessarily what a younger generation wants to talk about. And it's important that, they, that the Indigenous unit stays, and it's always here, for, the, for each generation. And that generation are going to have a different voice to another generation after that. So it's, you know, that's the most important thing, that it's, it's there to support a younger voice. Because what I wanted to talk about is not necessarily what the younger people want to talk about. So it has to be there to support them now. So to maybe a younger filmmaker coming up who really wants to impress you, would you say stick to your guns and talk about what you want to talk about instead absolutely, of trying to... Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, you, you know we, all, we all need to have... When we get the stalk, talking stick or the microphone or the camera for the first time, we do want to talk about our grandparents and that sort of stuff. But their, their version of their grandparents is not really necessarily the version of my grandparents. And that's really, really important. And you have a voice. And just because I made a film about old people, or I made a, people, a film about the youth of 1996, <laughs> <laughs> Aboriginal people in, in, you know, uh, in, a, in, a, in a community in 1996, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't, because your generation have a different point of view. And communities and Indigenous life is very different today than it was in 1990. And that's important that they keep having that voice. And they have a unique voice. The younger generation has a very unique voice that I don't have. And so they need to tell their stories just as much as I got to tell mine. Uh, in your experience, I feel like you've always had something in your mind that you want to kind of translate. What's it sort of taken for you to be able to take your voice and then make it into a film? I feel like that leap is what kind of is the most daunting for some people. You know, it's interesting because a lot of, a lot of my stories come out of anger. But you can't really make a movie out of anger, you know what I mean? Because it, it can get very sort of, not, not necessarily politicised, but it can get sort of tainted by my bad-tempered bile in a way. Mm. So you've got to find the love. 
You've got to turn that anger into love and you've got to turn it into something much more empowering. You're allowed to be angry, absolutely. Every every voice should be allowed to be angry and you, 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 you should be allowed to stand up and actually have a good scream if you want to. But then you've got to find that love in it and it has to be more important than just a rant in a way. So I actually all my films come from anger. But then I have to look deep inside myself for the love and the real reason for being the light, the, the, the empowerment rather than the disempowerment. Because as soon as you get angry, you kind of lose. You're allowed to get angry, but it's difficult to actually translate that into good storytelling. That's really interesting. I also think I remember an interview with you talking about the ending of Samson and Delilah and how you changed it. Yeah. And was that something similar or is that... Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, the, tragedy, the tragedy in Samson and Delilah is that they both die. And that's the reality. But I wanted them kids to survive. I want them to be survivors rather than sort of a, a statistic. Um, sadly, the you know they, they they are a statistic, but it's more important that they're alive and they're still here today. So the struggle stays on because there's that kind of there's that kind of idea as humans. We go, oh, well, they're dead. Well, we can't do much about them now. We can remember them, but we can't do much about it. But if you write from that's where the, that's where the the love comes from. The anger is they would have died in Samson and Delilah. And that's just the way life is. But the love comes from, no, they survived. So actually we have to go and find them and look after them. They're here today. You know, there's a Samson and Delilah walking down George Street right now. It's not necessarily that they're in an Aboriginal community. There's a Samson and Delilah, you know, walking, you know, through, um, I don't know, Brunswick Street in Melbourne. They're, they're everywhere and they're alive and they are, they are human beings and we need to recognise them and look after them. It's not like they just die and then we don't care. Yeah. It's maybe the last question or the second last one, but I think a lot of emerging filmmakers have a lot of fear entering this really hard industry, and I'm sure you've experienced fear in your career as well. Is yeah. there anything that you've sort of done to kind of uh, get past that or move past that? Um, it, it, it is about having a unique voice, you know, and it is about looking after having something really important to say. You know, when, when I first started off making movies and telling stories, they were very much emulation of other stories that I liked. And I was allowed to do that. You know, you're sort of emulating other directors or you're emulating sort of other stories, but you're using your background and your knowledge mm. of who you are to actually create that unique voice in that. And then slowly as you get more comfortable, you can move on and start finding a much more unique base of storytelling. So don't be afraid. Just, you know, the way I see it is if you've got, a, if you've got an idea and you don't know how to make it, go and watch something you really like and then actually just sort of emulate it to a sense because it's still your story and it's still going to be unique to who you are and it's just a little survival tactic to keep you because you just think it's too bloody hard it's too hard to make a movie it's too hard to tell a story but just go well what movie do I really really like now to get that scenario and that way of making that movie and then put it into your community or put it put your voice on top of that and then it's yours and you can do that you're allowed to do that don't be afraid to actually do what you you know what empowers you with other other people and other forms of storytelling That's it's really not nice. it's not it's not cheating it's not cheating <laughs> yeah. it's actually doing what you need to do to survive mm. That's amazing. That sounds like culture to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, paint, paint the paint as you like. But then you'll find your own voice. You know what I mean? But when you paint, you'll always paint from your heart and your voice. So just don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to actually... Because it's more important that you do it than just be scared of it and don't do it. Oh my god! With that. Yeah. yeah, we should Warwick end with that. Always, yeah. blow our minds. <laughs> Thank, you so Thank you so much. No, no, no. Dylan River has won prizes and been accepted into festivals all over the world. An obvious highlight being Adelaide Film Festival for his documentary and drama films, but works primarily as a cinematographer, which he loves. He 
is also Warwick Thornton's son. Dylan's an upcoming filmmaker. I mean, are you upcoming or are you just, would you just say, I'm a legitimate filmmaker now? You're in a Hollywood style reporter. Sometimes they call us talent. I don't know what that word (laughs) means and it's kind of dehumanising. But yeah, um, look, I'm I'm fairly young. I'm new to all of this um, and I'm on... Uh, I guess in a journey that um, I'm excited about and um, very privileged to be in this room full of such amazing filmmakers and, and family, really. Do you think that they have made it easier for you? Oh, they made it so much easier for me. <laughs> like, look, I'd, I'd like to say they've done the hard yards, um, but the hard yards definitely aren't over, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's been 25 years, but we've been in this country for a lot longer than that. Um, and we've all been given this opportunity that we're making the most of. Yeah. And... Um, you know, we're reaching for the stars, you know, onwards and upwards. How do you surpass those hard yards or how do you sort of beat on through them? Um, I mean, the hard yards for me still come every day, you know. It's sort of the the struggle of being creative and trying to be <laughs> inspired and, and not, um, um, what's the word, uh, procrastinate yeah. <laughs> too much. But, you know, the... the, the um, you know, the struggle is very real still in this country, you know, and our job's not done until, you know, Aboriginal culture is truly celebrated um, and supported in this country in the way it could be. We've had such a powerful year, obviously, with Sweet Country and Gurumul as well coming out. Mm. Now, where do you see it going in the next 25 years? What's your hope in 25 years? In 25 years, um, we've come a very long way. Yeah. And in the next 25 years, we will go just as far as we've already come, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, until until our programs are in the curriculum and, and in schools and kids' mindsets are being changed um, to view our country in a more beautiful way, um, you know, that's where we're going. We're, we're going to a better Australia as a whole and it's our job as uh, storytellers and um, filmmakers to, to make that change and that influence. I'd love to ask you, is there a particular film or a, or a type of film that you watch uh, that kind of made you think that you want to do this or that you could do this? Well, my family are, are all filmmakers. Yep. So I grew up in this world and this industry and I actually didn't want to do it for a long time. I thought that's just what my family does and, and not what I'm interested in. Um, I mean, I can't go... I, I don't want to name films, but um, I think for me it's safe to say that my dad's film, Samson and Delilah, when that came out, was for me at a time when I was becoming more mature as a person and understanding the world and that film definitely seeing the reactions from the rest of Australia and the world on the story that he told and the changes that he could make through that film um, for this country uh, was very inspiring and and saw made me see the importance of what we are all doing uh, as storytellers and um, the change we can make. I feel like we have the luxury of being able to ask you at the beginning of your career or at the early stages of your career, what's the dream project that you want to work on? It's everything and anything for me. I, you know, I, it, every step I've taken and the support I've had from the Indigenous Department at Screen Australia has mm-hmm. been huge. And, you know, there's obviously there's still features on the horizon and, you know, long-form projects. But, you know, I also love, you know, I'm a cinematographer and I love working on other people's stuff and just helping them, you know, and taking that back seat and going on that ride. And um, it's all so enjoyable and I'm so privileged. One last question. Um, if you had any advice, I guess, for maybe young Indigenous filmmakers listening in or reading this, what would you say? What's been drummed into me from... Uh, being quite young in my family is the importance of having something to say. I think we all do this at a, 
to a certain extent for entertainment and to entertain people. But it's just very important that everything we do, we are, we've been given this opportunity, this voice, and it's to make sure we have something to say, you know, and make sure we're challenging each other every day and questioning the country that we are. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank Sweet. you. Cheers. Our next interview is with Penny Smallacombe, who is the head of the Indigenous unit at Screen Australia, which is celebrating its 25th birthday this year. She talked about in her speech to the press that she was looking forward to an Indigenous Oscar. You don't mind. I just want to double check. To pronounce your last name, it's Smallacombe. Smallacombe. Okay. Yes. Okay. Bigger brush, as they used to call me back in the days. <laughs> <Smallacombe>. <laughs> Um, Look, a call to arms for young Indigenous filmmakers. We need you, basically. We need this whole next generation of Indigenous Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander filmmakers telling our stories from our point of view. Audiences will never really understand who Indigenous people are unless we continue to grow this industry. And, you know, in the room today, you know, we had the Warwick Thorntons and the Rachel Perkins and the Leah Purcells, and, you know, they have really built foundation for the next generation and it's there for the taking you know I mean this is not an easy industry by any means it's hard it's hard yards you know making your first short making your first documentary putting yourself out there on the line because you have something to say from the heart Uh, it's special it's hard but we desperately need more filmmakers so you know this is a hard career but such a beneficial career you know uh, I wanted to write off that as well and ask, I guess every, I guess people can find themselves in a momentum of making work and putting themselves out there, but how? what's a good way to sort of encourage people to persevere and keep going in such a hard industry, I guess? Yeah. Look, it's, it's all about professional development is all about just building your craft. Um, and there's lots of different institutions. You know, Create New South Wales has great programs and call-outs for emerging filmmakers. At Screen Australia, we do a call-out every year for short film initiatives, for documentary initiatives. Um, Afters is a fantastic film school if you happen to be in New South Wales. You know, they do some brilliant short courses. So it's just building craft over, the, over time. And the beauty of YouTube is, you know, you can get some buddies together and you can go out and make stuff put it online, build up a body of work. You get better as a filmmaker because you make more films. And uh, we've just been talking to people about, you know, 25 years ago, where were you? And in 25 years, where will you be? Can you talk about that from the point of view of the Indigenous unit? Well, look, I was the Indigenous uh, unit was long before me. I think when it first started, I hadn't even finished high school, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the foundation has been built by some really fantastic people in Walt Saunders, Pauline Clegg, Sally Riley and Erica Glynn. Um, 25 years, where will we be? Exactly, I think, as Leah Purcell spoke about today. We will have uh, a group of filmmakers that will hopefully have won Oscars. There'll be some huge companies will have major series on Netflix and all the other platforms and look I I think that the work will continue to grow and because so many stories have been told about us for so long by non-indigenous people you know we're tipping the scales and we're rebalancing the scales of storytelling so I feel like in the next 25 years, uh, as we are the heart and soul of Australia and our stories are, I just feel like we're just going to go from strength to strength and audiences are going to continue to grow and appreciate the work and the stories that we have to share. And I think that that's so true when you look at Indigenous filmmaking in this country. It 
feels like the real filmmaking. It feels like the oh, stuff yeah. that sells internationally. It feels like the stuff when you watch it, it's authentic and exciting. And I'm constantly and coming back to well. see an innovative and just, uh, I mean, I can't use any more adjectives to talk about <laughs> how it makes me feel to watch Indigenous filmmaking in this country, yeah. but it's, yeah. yeah, it's still a frontier almost. It's like so exciting. It is. I mean, and you know, it's, it's hard work, perseverance, but also it's our right. You know, yeah. it's our right Seriously. to be able to tell our stories on our land, in our countries, in our languages, and to be able to... The beauty of filmmaking is that, you know, our filmmakers are making these films, yes, for our own Indigenous audiences to inspire, but also for Australians and international audiences. You know, it's... Um, I just think it's such an exciting time and I think that, you know, today celebrating a 25th anniversary is long overdue and it's really a time to acknowledge the, the really hard work that's been done. Well, thank you for all the work. You got, have you got one last no, question? No, no, I was going to say thank you so much because I think people are wanting you right now. Okay. Yeah, people are wanting you, but yeah. But thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day. Love to meet you. So nice to meet you. Elaine Crombie is an actress best known for her roles in ABC iView's Kiki and Kitty, Jane Campion's Top of the Lake, and is set to be a scene stealer in Top End Wedding with Miranda Tapsall. Sorry, you've got a... Oh my god, what have I got? <laughs> Eyelash and a hair. Oh, never wish, make two wishes. <laughs> yes, quick, do that shit. We're here with Elaine Crombie, who's in the upcoming Top End Wedding, and also oh my you gosh, might know yes, her I am. from Congratulations, Kiki well Kitty. Thank you. Yeah, oh my yeah. god, we're announcing that now. Excellent. Are we allowed to? You're allowed to talk about it at <laughs> Let's all. Let's just What's do it. Keep scoop? going. Keep going. <laughs> um, so I first discovered you playing a vagina. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah. I'll to be How was that? Yeah. <laughs> what was that role like for you? That role was um, great. Yeah. Because I just got to run around and be mad, mm. and just be myself and just pra- just have a crack at anything and everything until I was told, Lainey, don't do that. Let's just do something different. Yeah. yeah. Heaven. I feel like um, that really let loose, especially it was like watching it in an co- office environment myself mm. and feeling all the things that she was feeling. Yes. <laughs> it was kind of a polar opposite to um, 8MMM Aboriginal Radio where I played the receptionist and that was a very straight... That was very straight, downplayed, comedic role, whereas Kitty was the polar opposite to that. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Did you kind of expect to be playing a role like Kitty in, when, when you were younger, growing up, or was that what you've been working up to? Or? No, that's just come along. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, as I start, I, like my first role was um, a funeral mourner. And I was 13 and my mum was in this show called Heartland and I was just on set one day so I got to be in the action. I got paid $50 and it was, it's one of my, I actually don't think it's on my CV. I think I should update that. Yeah. But funeral morning. Yeah, that's right. I got paid 50 bucks for that. That was a lot. I mean, that's... I mean, you know, in 1993... That is what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's insane. That's 25 years ago, exactly. That's like the same oh as God, the Indigenous it. unit. Your it's first job. You have had a 25-year oh career. It's the same as the Indigenous <laughs> unit. That's, that's actually... Uh, my birthday as well. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty-five years old. Look <laughs> out! Uh, how oh have you God. seen it change since your first role as a funeral mourner, <laughs> <laughs> with the help well, of my, the indigenous My career's fucking exploded since then. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just that was my first taste of anything. Like I've grown up with mum 
mum living in Sydney and I was in South Australia so when I would come and see it whether she was working or not like I'd be on sets or in theatres or you know anywhere around where she was and and so and and so I've seen I've seen it grow from my mum and all of these all of our beautiful predecessors through to now yeah. it's like for those people that aren't here with us they would be screaming with joy and crying and be and going wow look at you guys like look at what it is like look around the room we've got people what has here. it taken what is the key things do you think oh, question sorry no, 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 it's okay. no, no. Please answer <laughs> what are the key again. things that it's taken for it to get to this point knowing our worth and our power and and the fact that we are gold like there's no i can't i don't know the steps i don't work at screen australia yeah. from from my point of view in order for us to stay where we are is to know that we are definitely worth everything that is going to be celebrated tonight and so much more oh, and where do you see it for the next 25 years Where's the next oh, step? I just said to... I'm going to use the same answer that no, I no, used, please, Ebony, <laughs> used Indigenous X. I can't wait for the photo, for the media call in the next 25 years because I, I, I'm just going to be interested to see how the photographer's going to wrangle everybody, <laughs> you know? It's going to be at least 10 times more than what, uh -huh. than what that was this morning, you know? It is. It's because there's no... There's no stopping what this is. This momentum, this forward momentum of our stories, it's, it, it is, it is. you know, it's just going to grow, go from strength to strength, especially. I guess I wanted to ask, and this is a pretty classic one, but if you could say something to the younger, younger you, go back to that 13-year-old you who's doing mm -hmm. their very first role, what would it be? It would be keep writing in your journals and just do it like especially for kids now you've got phones you know how to point and shoot videos just do it and any story is is a story you know mm. and you know the greatest story that is yet to the greatest story that is yet to be told is yours so just do it and definitely get on the internets and look up all of the initiatives at Screen Australia because that's what, mm. you know, that's what it's all about, the support. How are you going to get from your bedroom and your mind into a set and mm. into presenting your story to the masses? Mm. That's, yeah. And then into carriage works, yeah. <laughs> into the then, interview, yeah. <laughs> into the, into the photo Into the photo, into the media yeah. call. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much, Elaine. You're amazing. No worries. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Thank you, guys. Bye. Hunter Page Lockhart is back for his second appearance on Danger Film. He's Australia's rising star, the superhero and clever man, and a director in his own right. He had a film in the Sydney Film Festival this year called Jolly, which I embarrassingly called Jerga, which is actually a tale about an an soldier who went back to Afghanistan to apologize to the village that uh he was went to and killed a man when he was in, in action. Hunter Page Lockhart is back for his second appearance on Danger Film. He's Australia's rising star, the superhero and clever man, and a director in his own right of a film called Jali, which premiered in the Sydney Film Festival this year, which I embarrassingly in this interview called Jerga, which was also in the Sydney Film Festival, but was an Australian feature by another dangerous filmmaker about uh, 
an Afghani vet who goes back to Afghanistan to apologise to a village for murdering one of the men there when he was in action as a soldier for the Australian army, which is, like, an easy mistake to make. Okay, it's not that easy. I'm legitimately embarrassed about it. Just get yourself out of whatever Press you're Press record. You behind the camera. <laughs> the drill. Um, do you mind... Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm going to pass this to you. Yeah. And face that way. Yeah, perfect. Um, Hello, we're Jack and Andre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking to Thank you. Rachel Card. Um, so. We haven't actually caught up. How did Joker no. go? Um, how did what go? Shit. Was it, Joker? No, not Joker. Oh my god, Joker's not your film. <laughs> sorry. Charlie. Charlie. Oh, I'm so no, sorry. Good. There was another other called Joker. That was Charlie. How did it go? It was good. Um, had like sold out both 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 screens. Oh, um, and then it went to Cinefest Oz. That's which amazing. Is, oh, yeah, so that's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So, and now I'm on to the next. I was so, gonna say what's next? Um trying to I'm doing a um with the Indigenous Department uh pitch blacks or short blacks. Short blacks. Yeah. Double check on that. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh yeah it's so it's sort of like a workshop where they select a couple of young indigenous uh filmmakers and they kind of make all short films mm. like, like 10 make? minute short films yeah no we've we've been workshopping it for a while now and mm. is got this a... part of your se- series that you were talking about no no this is something different this is when this is something where like a friend of mine um carter simkin who's producing co-producing writing and directing it with me was just like let's like let's do something and i'm like okay let's just and then we whipped up an idea in like four hours, and now it's now it's the one that we're shooting with. So, it's good. It's it, it's, it's it's just all about like identity politics and mm. black and white, similar to our "I'm Not Racist" film clip by the um, rapper. If you haven't if you've seen that or haven't seen that, um, forget the artist, but uh, look it up. I'm not yeah. racist. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that. That almost feels like something that is, uh, is that's something that's open to everyone. The um the short blacks. So that's just more they they selected you to make these uh, to make this content. As in, like they it wasn't like a, an open call out to. In- it, it was an open call oh, out to it? indigenous um, oh. to indigenous practitioners. Um, awesome. But they you know they had to be up and coming and right. and not well or, or already established mm. and so yeah so then they pick uh they pick eight out of all, all the applicants and then they narrow it down to six and yeah. then they all get funding and they go off and make their short film do you mind if you talk about the sort of uh, the attitude before that ha- that kind of thing happens to you like before you get accepted to do this kind of gig <laughs> or even if you're about to do your first gig of anything what is it describe what it's like to step into the into the role of a filmmaker as I've, a as a first timer i've always thought like one um even when i acted you know actors would, would, would be told to okay you can take five or ten you can go off set and have a cup of tea or whatever i would stay on set and watch the mm. practitioners do what they do um so i've always thought like one so when i first did one i kind of was over ecstatic i didn't sleep but it wasn't like bad not not sleeping it was like no i've got like too much shit in my head i can't like i just need these days to roll over into just one big day because mm-hmm. i just want to do it um so i felt really hungry and passionate and then i learned from my mistakes because i was too hungry and too passionate at certain points so i would o- o- overlook minor detail things mm. so um so yeah it was it was it wasn't daunting it was more um exciting mm. yeah to the point where it was too exciting <laughs> Warwick was talking about how um, he has looked at the last 25 years and the stories he's told, and he's like, 
basically the future of the next 25 years is forgetting that that even happened, forgetting the success, because there's a new generation with new stories and new Maybe things to say. It wasn't no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. It like, it's, there's new stories yeah. and we need to, we need to... It's our job to update. It's our job to update and pretend that Definitely. we don't have all the answers yet. And, um, Definitely. I just thought, what are some things sticking out to you, this new generation? What have we got to look forward to? I, I think we've got, we got more of a global presence to look forward to. I think a lot of this new generation will still do strong Indigenous stories, but I think they'll do international stories with an Indigenous element within it, whether that just be an Indigenous character in an American film. Do you know what I mean? So I think... I think we have, you know, and, and beautiful documentaries because we have a lot of intelligent young up-and-comers and, and intelligent, I mean, because they've, they've studied film or, or because they've, they've, they've had the resources from their... Um, from the last 25 years they didn't have the resources but now we've got the resources that they have made in the last 25 years yeah. so it's so I'm not going to say we're going to be better <laughs> it's just we're going to be very different mm. um, and I think we're going to be very modern within that 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 difference mm. yeah. what do you think you're part of like a pretty exciting movement fuck cinema? yeah <laughs> fuck yeah I think I'm, I'm I'm very excited because because we have cards to play yeah. uh, we've, we've we've grown up with with mainstream media Media, so we know what cards to play in that sense, and we've grown up with with great drama and great spirited stories um, and energy to mix and kind of make a cauldron of mainstream energy, last, last <laughs> spiritual okay, energy. No, uh, just last question, if that's okay. What fuels your fire, and what's been filling your fire this, this whole time you've been doing this since day one? Um, to make a to make a stamp on the world. Um, you know, I, I always say, you know, we have films like Braveheart and, and, and Vikings and all these historical shows and so many films about Martin Luther and so many films about World War Two, and we don't have any films about us. So the world doesn't know about us and our story. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't know about the massacres. They don't, they don't know about this. They don't know about that. You know, three, 300 was such a success. And then you have people all around the world calling themselves Spartans for some reason. You have Lord of the Rings and people think they're elvish because they've learned the, the freaking language. So imagine if we had our own, you know, apocalypto Oh, version no, epic to kind of showcase our stories so yes yeah, so i've always had a a fire to to put ourselves on the map creatively and historically like in a big way though in <laughs> a massive way with that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. the next is like big budget yeah. big 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 budget movies you know if if clever man was a, a hundred million dollar production yeah. you know <laughs> what is that gonna look like exactly yeah. e exactly exactly what what will that look like i think there's a hunger for it to be honest it, yeah. but there is and i think the things and, that i'm responding to this year are things that Real place. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of people want that and, and a lot of executives are starting to slowly understand that that's what people want. Like Black Klansmen, that was that was huge. Uh, and, and, and and people want art. People like because because we have our escape, because we have reality TV and we have Marvel and we have all these and we have The Rock Johnson, we have our escape. We don't need to make more of that escape because people, they can go to that whenever they want. People still want the art. Yeah. People still want the call me by your name and people still want art. Yeah. They, they still want the, you know, 
tumulas and sweet countries and shit like that because it makes them think it's what that's what art's freaking oh. supposed to do <laughs> we can have it all we've got to wrap it up sorry sorry no 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 it's okay you're being quite humble we've been told to wrap it up thank you so and much, thank you very much uh, thank you so much, hunter is leaving uh, the building until next time well i don't know i was pretty inspired by the 25th birthday of the indigenous unit at screen australia i uh have really no words for the amount of joy and optimism that I felt there. And I'm so excited to see more Indigenous films into the future. Thank you so much for listening to Jack and Andre on Danger Film. This is under Movies, Movies, Movies on FBI Radio. We have a segment every Monday at 10.10. You can listen back to every single week's episode on the podcast. Or if you want to listen to more interviews with inspiring and dangerous filmmakers like the ones you just heard, scroll down the list anything with danger film in the title in all caps is going to be another interview if you know anyone you can get us in touch with for an interview that we should interview just hit us up on our instagram movies underscore movies underscore movies underscore on instagram and uh, follow us there because we post reviews there too this podcast is produced by fbi radio in sydney Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.